you used to live and die by your sword. And now everyone feels like you live and die by the next press conference. You live and die by the words you're going to say. And mate, as, as, as cliche as this may be, I've seen plenty of people uh, die in this world and not one of them was killed by a word. <laughs> G'day and welcome back to the Heston Russell podcast. On this episode, I catch up with Andrew Papp. He's a mate, he's a community leader, and he's an all-around great guy uh, who is literally about to expect uh, his first child into this world. I caught up with Pap nearly a year ago as he just first moved with his young family over to Western Australia, and since then, uh, that move has felt further and further away as we've been so isolated internally from borders and COVID and all the rest. Pap has really stepped up and become a lot more active speaking out on current issues and current topics, and I actually approached Pap asking him to be a part of the Australian Values Party and then spoke through how much he has going on in his personal life, including bringing a a new child into the world. So while he's too busy getting on with being the great human that he is and actually being what we need more in and around our communities, in the meantime, uh, he's given us this time and we're going to start up a bit of a series that I like to call Pappy Hour, which will be an hour talking with Andrew Papp himself. And we will touch on conversations from politics through to uh, their struggles, even with their own um, conceiving of pregnancy, and a lot of other things you probably won't even expect to hear on this episode, but I promise you, you'll walk away a lot more energised and engaged because having done so, and I'd ask that you ta- walk away taking on board a lot of the lessons that are just simply to have these conversations. Don't be so adversarial when you do have them. Create space to find that middle ground and look to be pragmatic and progressive in what we do. So enjoy this episode, episode one of Pappy Hour. My name's Heston and you can find me at hestonrussell.com. Andrew, Pat, mate, I'm going to call this the Pappy Hour. <laughs> and we are, welcome to the Heston Russell podcast is now, but dude, I just want to have a chat with you. You know, we caught up last week offline um, and nearly a year ago, I think we sort of had our first podcast together when you had just moved over to Western Australia. So I want to catch up with you, mate, and just ask how you're doing. Mate, fantastic. Thanks for catching up with us. We had a great chat last week, like you mentioned, and uh, mate, a lot has changed in the past 12 months as everyone realizes, I guess, both on, on, a, on a grand scale, but personal level as well. Uh, if you're watching the podcast, not listening, I'm actually in my, uh, in the nursery that will soon be, soon be utilized once the wife pops out the baby. So things have definitely changed since last time we spoke. I love that, mate. You've got so much going on in your life, a bit of uh, extra intrinsic and extrinsic motivation going on. I mean, we've all seen your beautiful, I love that you, you just happen to have the former Miss Universe wife, Renee, but you're about to welcome a, a, a little do you know what it's going to be a boy or a girl no we, don't, we decided to keep it a surprise um yeah. so it's uh it's killing me but i'm looking forward to the day oh. we find out i was gonna say how far off uh mate like before christmas so oh, probably about six weeks i think we're six weeks off yeah right i mean mate so this is an, an incredible time last time we spoke again you weren't the, the goal actually you said was to move over there to start up a family as i remember and, yeah, uh, mate, the, the lockdowns hadn't yet gone so extreme. And since then, you're on this, you're on this other country that's called Western Australia and uh, haven't even been able to get over there at all. And you're about to become a dad and you're about to come bring a child into this wonderful new world. So I'd love to hear where you've, you know, mm-hmm. you've, you've been personally and professionally over the last year. Yeah, great, mate. Uh, it's been a, it's been a, it has been a crazy 12 months um, with uh, ups and downs for everybody. Of course, we all have our own story and how 
the the current climate has impacted us one way or the other, whether it's personal and 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 professional. Um, for me, uh, my wife and I, we, we were trying for for a baby for a long time. Uh, we end up a long time for us. You know, I, I've caught up with people that I who reached out and they've been trying for 10 years, you know, and wow. we were, we got up to 17 months and we were thinking, okay, let's look at uh, into IVF. You know, we had non-explained infertility. I was healthy. Renee was healthy. Everything was functioning. Yep. And um, it was really bearing down hard for my, for my wife. You know, she's uh, for her, you know, she just is just born and bred to, to, to start a family. That's, that's her sole purpose. She's so excited for it. And um so it was really weighing down, thinking why why isn't it easy for us or for her? All our friends were were going down this path and they were falling pregnant without trying or in the first time, you know, all that stuff. And something that I wasn't exposed to, and I think a lot of people aren't aware of, something that's not really discussed. So you know, we we definitely made a, a promise to each other, and we encourage one another that when the time does eventually. Uh, uh, occur that she does fall pregnant we were to share our struggles on on social media just to kind of you know uh, get rid of that taboo that people just decide not to, to discuss for whatever reason and it's, it's everyone has their own parameters on what they're willing to to put out into the public and i completely respect if you want to keep that private it is quite a private topic but i think you know from what we've seen from us sharing that we had infertility issues uh, you know, people just came out of everywhere. Thousands of people reaching out, um, sharing the, the, the same similar story, um, and, and also getting finding a lot of encouragement uh, from from what we shared. So, the the day that we found out Renee was pregnant, I was actually in Queensland. It was uh, April April last year. April no April this year. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, you know, she just she told me it, it was great news, obviously. But I think it got to the point where, when I was returning back from from Queensland, we we're going to go down that route of IVF. Uh, we've done some other other sort of methods, and we weren't having any luck. Um, and so we were just preparing ourselves for it. I said, "Look, I'm going to be away for a month. I'm doing all this work over in Queensland. You just wait out, enjoy yourself, relax." Let's not think about it. And I think really that 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 permission to kind of just pull things back, yeah. relax, and stop being so hyper focused on on you know wanting to have a baby, which is normal. You know, when you try to tell someone in a heightened state of stress, yeah. hey, just relax. You know, when someone's angry, hey, just calm down. It does the opposite. So um, that turning off that mechanism, and I think that was a, one of the key moments that uh, maybe physiologically and both psychologically, the body married up and things worked out. So. Now I've just been, you know, through just uh, uh, this period of Renee become being pregnant. It has given me that time to kind of feel grounded and 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 be ready as ready as I can be to become a father, uh, and embrace fatherhood and just resist the dad bod as much as I can. <laughs> Mate, I don't think there's any luck in that. I would I would I would coin it's only a joke that the uh, the universe was actually trying to help the rest of us out by not allowing you to to produce the most perfect offspring for a, for a point in time. But you know everything <laughs> everything happens for a reason, mate, and that's. That's actually such a hectic, um, you know, insight there into, you know, the ultimate level of vulnerability, um, you know, when it comes down to that, you know, the, the reproductive reproduction of human life and what that must be like as a, as a couple. And that's an incredible, um, an incredible lived experience to go through, especially together. Exactly, mate. And like anything, adversity really builds camaraderie when you're working together well, when you understand each other's uh, perspective. And, and, and for me, um, this has just for both of us, I should say, it's really enriched and grounded our relationship. Um, and we're so much stronger for it. 
as cliche as it sounds. And uh, it seems, it feels like we can take on anything. And um, you just, you, you just learn, I guess, I guess you just grow and learn and evolve together. You learn your partner, learn more about your partner, how your partner reacts and responds to, you know, whatever circumstances it may be. And, and, and that makes us better individuals and together we're better as a team. And um, I imagine it's going to make us better as a, as parents and, and and it also helps build further appreciation for us having a baby i think we're going to look at this baby and think more of it like oh this is like a miracle child you know this, this yeah. we're so lucky to have have someone um and uh, not saying that not we're going to have a a greater love or appreciation for our child compared to others who don't go through this but i think it definitely helps build yeah. that perspective um but, but that gestation like, period that you know that nine months really is i think it's an evolutionary uh, obviously physiologically you, you got to be building up this little baby inside you but i think psychologically it does really prepare you because the first trimester i wasn't yeah whatever you're pregnant cool like i was excited but it wasn't real yeah and i was just going on my day to day and then as you see your your wife or your partner's body start to change and you start to learn more and go to the scans and start seeing things it really does start to dawn on you so i've just been reading and researching and you know getting myself best prepared for it and, and yeah I'm, I'm really excited to take it on with both hands i'm uh I've been an uncle since I was nine years old and now 31. So I feel like I, I, I know how to handle kids. He's ready for it, mate. I hope this kid comes out doing burpees and really. <laughs> yeah. mate, even sharing your story. I want to touch on that. Cause I did see, you know, that's, that's the most amazing part is you, most people, um, you know, most people think they just know you from social media, but you know, even chatting with you, mate, I had no idea that you guys were sort of going through that again on the last podcast, you mentioned that that was um, a key focus over there. But um, and good on you for, for sharing your story because I find, as you've just said, mate, you know, sharing these vulnerable moments and doing so through a lens of responsibility as opposed to entitlement is mm -hmm. so much of what gives other people, you know, to feel empowered, to be able to feel more accepted, feel less alone, share their stories as well. And I could just imagine you guys having those conversations of like, should we do this? What will people say? You know, we've seen as this sort of perfect life type thing. And I'll say that you don't need to say that. But doing that from a position of responsibility as opposed to, you know, the constant comparison to everyone else entitlement. I think that's good on you, mate, and really appreciate you've done that. Yeah, thanks, mate. Look, I think, um, you know, there's, I think really, honestly, it's it's something that um, I'm just learning more and more as I, as I get older about the importance of just being more human and and those connections you build with, with you know, whether it's your closest relationships that you have or just complete strangers just showing humanity showing vulnerability showing that uh, we're all in this together uh, no matter of certain perspectives you know i think that's just uh it's a, a un, un sort of you know it's not really spoken about much and i just think that we we're too busy in this rat race we're too busy focusing on the next thing the next notification the next goal and all that stuff and sometimes we just forget about community we forget about being present amongst each other and, and helping out your neighbor and all those little gestures of kindness and stuff that that's really to me is uh, the epicenter of uh, a lot of my actions and i feel that gives me the greatest fulfillment and to see such a positive response in in friends like personal friends i had no idea who had been trying and struggling or asking advice now or thanking me or sharing you know sharing some 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 stories and, and from complete strangers you know that's just i, I find that to be uh, an amazing thing yeah no, absolutely mate i mean that there's such an issue at the moment with uh you said before how much we're in an anxiety driven state of the constant mm -hmm. next thing um we'll jump to it soon i'm sure just talking about you know from 
news cycles through the daily COVID updates, everything else in between, everyone's getting conditioned to this um, anxiety-driven state. But in particular for me, one huge thing that I see, be it on social, social media for me at the moment has become just one of the most toxic grounds, just even observing. Um, I actually don't go too badly personally, but everyone is in this place of competitive comparison, not even competitive comparison, just comparison. Mm. Now, I, I keep saying this phrase that we keep competing with each other at the moment through competition to just try and be better than everyone else, as opposed to trying to be our best. And if we were, you know, running the hundred meters of the Olympics at the moment, we'd line up and the starters gun would go and everyone would start kneecapping and pushing each other as opposed to having that you know, community connection and that competition through collaboration, other than inspiring you to run your best race. At the moment, we're just attacking things that we don't understand that we don't agree with. There are differences of opinion are from one bookend to the next. There is no, middle ground there is no compromise there is no acceptance to be wrong to be vulnerable to be anything other than um, correct and assertive in who you are and what you do mm. hey, yeah look, i completely agree and i actually had this conversation this morning we did and we touched base on this last week um i was discussing with a, a gentleman who's who's starting these retreats in um aspen uh in america and okay. You know, he was just talking about the, the news cycle and the, the tribalistic kind of warfare that's occurring uh, on the media uh, over in the state. Yeah. Australia that Australia is adopting a, a very similar pattern, uh, where you know the, it's it, they're, they're almost telling the narrative that there's only two extreme positions you can hold. Like you said, no middle ground, um, no no uh, allowance for questioning either A or B, red or blue, no allowance for um, wanting to understand each side, wanting to be a bit more centralistic and uh, wanting to question the mainstream narrative. And, uh, you know, I've gone down my route of being on one side and the other side because they are so convicting because we are built to be, we are built to have an identity. That's, I think that's innate in us, which is great. You know, uh, even when you think of like history and concepts of thinking like, those people over there they're the worst then that's all you need to validate your actions but if you were to think oh they're they're people too and if i was to live in their shoes i would understand where they're coming from and i would want to be doing what they're doing and does that compromise how i'm feeling am i even willing now to push forward and and rather than having you know critical thinking and discussion and understanding and being empathetic you know we're really geared up for us versus them and i think it's driven from a lot of you know, power, corruption, financial sort of gain um, for us to, for the common person, for the main main group of individuals to be at each other's throats rather than questioning, hey, what's, what's, what's really occurring? Who's really pulling the strings here? What's actually best for the people, not for the people creating these policies? Um, you know, because that's what we're missing out at the end of the day. We're missing out on understanding what, um, who's making the policies and do these policies best suit us? And instead, we're just saying, hey, yeah, you're red. I hate you because I'm blue and I have no idea why. Mate, this is the size of the fence. You know, people say you can't be sitting on the fence. Whereas I like to think when I grew up, like in the Mary Quarter, we had some of these houses that you, you'd have four or five houses kind of joining the fences. And you could sort of hear kind of like Tim the Toolman Taylor, whatever that show yeah. was back in the day, having conversations over the fence. It's like they actually can be, you know, four or five or six different perspectives in the park. They're just different shades of whatever. But mate, I, I bring this up like, you're literally on the other side of the fence. You're on the other side of the country. And what's going on over there? Because from I'm here in Brizzy. And, you know, the well, as we as we have this conversation, um, New South Wales and Victoria opened up. And it's you find yourself going, you know, well, why the hell did you go through all of that? All of a sudden, everything's honky-dory now. But it's not. There's still crazy stuff going on. And you guys have been over there. And 
us looking in, we're like, what the hell are you doing? You know, like you've been so isolated. Surely everyone in West Australia is in revolt. You want to join back to the country, but what's it actually like there on the ground? Hey, that's the thing, right? If you're if you're an individual who just watches the TV, you think you're living in the luckiest place on the planet. Um, you know, we're living in the freest state, freest part of uh, Australia, uh, and if not the world. And uh, we have been very fortunate. Um, obviously, we're at zero cases of COVID. I don't think many people or many townships or states or whatever can can even uh, say the same thing. So, when you're someone who your 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 personal life and your business uh, just involves WA only you know you're living in the best place ever but of course if you've got family if you've got work if you've got needs to to, to get around you know you're stuck um and I just think that the the polls are showing that Mark McGowan our state premier uh he's you know in landslide victory everyone's wow everyone's agreeing with what he's what he's act his actions and keeping that hard border shut and the problem is, is complaints, uh, um, people being um, content and not uh, rushing to get vaccinated. A lot of circuit people I've spoken to, they said, oh, I'll just wait for COVID to get here, which is, yeah. doesn't make, it's, it's counterintuitive um, for what the vaccine's purpose is. Um, and it's it's slowing it up our ability to start to open up, um, open up the borders, both domestically and internationally. Yeah. Uh, so we are certainly on the tail end of, of chasing all the other states. Um, I can see that all the other states who have also been affected health-wise, and someone probably knows someone who's either died or been infected by COVID, but here no one knows anybody. And that's the problem. People, a lot of people start to then as, uh, assume that COVID doesn't exist. It's not real. It's not as bad as people say, because yeah. you're not actually seeing it unless you're, you know, if you're in India, Brazil, America, wherever, and people are dropping left, right, and center, um, you, you'll have a bit more conviction to get vaccinated. Yeah, well, what about as a, you know, you. You're about to be a new dad, you know, and you're probably over there in a, a nice COVID-free environment, but you're also, uh, you're an entrepreneurial business professional who's got all sorts of um, expansions occurring at the moment. How is that for you internally? Yeah, look, I've been banging my head against the wall for the last six months. Uh, there's, there's so much um, ambiguity around what's happening. Uh, unfortunately, uh, State Premier is, is coming out with a conference tomorrow on what's our, our freedom plan to get out of here. Um, so I'm hoping it's it's not too unrealistic and it doesn't postpone, you know, uh, things, uh, borders uh, shutting. Because as you said, I've got a new business uh, opening up in New Zealand uh, February and March. We're launching these adventure retreats. I need to get over to the east coast to work with some of the uh the expansions of uh, gyms that i that i um consult for and some brands that i work with so a lot is riding on this um and i'm hoping that we, we can come to some sort of common sense and you know if a state has one COVID case not to put them as an extreme risk you know so we'll just have to yeah, just roll with the punches and i think a lot of people can agree that a lot of these uh policies and rules that have been made both at a federal and state level, um, some of them seem to be idiotic and uh, and not make sense, <laughs> not to be practical. Uh, I think we, we were discussing Heston how it's it's very much similar to people in those ivory towers, you know, so far removed from what's occurring, going this makes sense or this serves this purpose. Yeah, and by the time you get to the ground, people are just shaking their heads, going they have no idea what they're doing. So it's a it's a huge um, discrepancy in understanding each other's roles and and where yeah. things are at the lay of the land, so to speak. No, uh, you, you're, you're spot on, mate. It is so fascinating. Like you even mentioned before, even sitting over here, you know, we're led to believe that, you know, West Australia is an uproar. You said there's some like Wexit, Wexit group. Wexit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enough. And 
mate, it's such an interesting predicament because, you know, there's so much going on at the moment that is just pulling things apart. And there's so uh, little consistency in all these different rules and regulations. And again, you and I definitely spoke about that, that ivory tower analogy, all these, we even see it here, you know, people are being told to do things. Um, and, you know, some close friends of mine who get really absorbed in the media are like, oh my goodness, you know, we're not going to be able to do anything. I'm not getting vaccinated because I want to get pregnant. That means I'm never going to be able to do this. Then you go into the shop and like the local shopkeeper is actually just keeping his business safe, but is also mm -hmm. not carrying through all of those um, overarching regulations that are, in my opinion, completely unrealistic or not in common sense. So it's really great to see that on the ground humanity that you were speaking about beforehand with people actually, you know, accepting risk um, in the fact that they could un come under issues from some form of government or police scrutiny, but they're actually doing things safely and smartly and with a little bit more empathy um, for those who, who sort of are in need. But mate, I'm just sort of, I really wanted to speak with you on this because you have over the last, I'll probably say six months or so, um, really started to taking a turn from being less about bloody um, shave chests and push-ups and burpees and actually being a hell of a lot more active in having an opinion that doesn't fit the sort of influencer narrative, mate. What's, what's been going on? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, I think um, I have a, a platform on, on Instagram and, uh, and, and I've always had it and I've always positioned myself to the point, even how I caption, uh, even how I uh, go forward with the caption, you know, I never say, hey, you need to change this and this is how you get better. I always talk about, I always say our or, or me, or I always make it inclusive. Like a lot of the things I share on there is about lessons that I've learned, experiences that I've, I've gone through and how can, what perspectives I build through that. And what, maybe that, that perspective can help you some way. It's never been me looking down, never punching down. Right. And um, I've always wanted to be like an uplifting content, not, and definitely not just pissing in people's pockets. You know, I'm always happy to be, controversial or give some tough love but always people know that they're willing to accept that because they know where it's coming from and um so that language and that narrative i've been sharing for years i've built trust with my audience for a long time and um and a good reputation and credibility within health and fitness space and i thought you know, there's a lot of things that are more important than <clears throat> doing burpees and push-ups um and some some beliefs i, I also know you do a hell of a lot more than that i don't mean to just everyone everyone understands what you're saying and so do i but um so you know a lot of these things that are existential crises that we're going through um and i think like about just bringing to the spotlight you know and and always telling people that hey i'm not an expert um i half tired i have no idea what i'm talking about but i'm, I'm willing to Put the questions out there i'm willing to ask these questions and making sure that hey are our best interests being looked after and i don't care if you're on a carnivore diet if you're vegan if you're omnivorous or if you like to do you know interval training or crossfit or ultra marathon and i don't care like this is this is goes well beyond that those lines um this is about you know um human human um I guess human privileges and and this is about the direction of where we're going as a as a country and and what what pre um you know what, what are we setting for ourselves and future generations and you know when you're looking at uh, policies that are, are coming out and things that aren't getting attention that you know i think if the, every person understood what was occurring in the last 12 to 12 months to five years and a little bit beyond 
there would be an uproar that people don't agree with destroying, you know, uh, ecological um, places that are really important to the ecosystem or people don't agree with destroying our environment. People don't agree with continuing to oppress the vulnerable. People don't agree with, you know, pushing people whilst they're down. People don't agree with the ultra wealthy get more power and, and, and further wealth. And people don't agree with, um, uh, you know, not trusting anybody, not trusting your neighbours. People want, I think there's a lot of commonalities, a lot of uh, cross sections with with some of the most polarizing populations and demographics that we have. Again, we bring it back to uh, the foundation of like we're all very similar. We all have the same needs, and if if everyone's needs are met, these necessities, there'd be less extremes. Um, and I think a lot of the, the extremes that we see are people being pushed beyond their means, people being pushed without their necessities being catered for, and that's where violence can occur. Um, that's where fear can be can occur because we're not all getting treated equally and um, there's a discrepancy of wealth a discrepancy of recognition uh, and i think when you get this ultra ultra sort of capitalistic society where you know the the, the ceos and, and the beneficiaries are earning woefully more than the people who are actually doing the work i think that starts to build uh, discontentment for the system you know and you're always shaking your fist and I believe that we're, we're, we're a country of, um, uh, of, uh, of like a penalized system. What, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, where we started as... Uh, we started off as convicts, yeah. We started off as convicts, you know. we were, It's almost inbred in our nature to be right, like, you know, to go for the underdog right. and, and, and raise your fist at, at the system. And, and I think uh, we, don't, we don't appreciate, uh, and I'm speaking generally, of course, but I, I think we always wanted to, the underdog to win. And what we're seeing now is that that's it's been flipped on its head, but no one's recognizing that. And instead of recognizing, questioning the system and the narrative, we're starting to look at each other as enemies, which is which is the which, which is really problematic. No, you're right. It's that hyper hyper situation we're at at the moment. And there's a few observations I probably draw out of everything you say that I absolutely agree to, mate. Is you know it, too often, unfortunately, it comes to these crisis points for us to actually stand up and actually realize what's been going on beforehand. Um, you know, we can't change that, but like yourself, we can choose to take action um, wherever we can. And mate, I have to commend you for doing that because it's been great. I didn't expect to see it, mate. You know, I, you know, you are, um, and particularly that last conversation with you, I was so impressed with, I called you Mr. Motivation out of that, but you're also Mr. Mental Fitness. You know, you've got such a, a physicality and physical fitness about you, but your insights and your mindset um, at, and I will say at a younger age, you're definitely younger than me, mate. It's just so insightful. But then to see you putting it together, and pragmatically and constructively. And I've been watching some of the stuff you've been putting up and I might, I've been sharing some of it as well. And I'm there with you on so many of those conversations. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not with you on others. And you know, that's okay. But just to see people, see people come out and attack and you're damned if you do, or you're damned if you don't. But the issue is because we don't have these conversations because politics is such a dirty word. I remember going through my officer training when you went to do your, your dining in, um, your dining in night, your formal dinner training, there were three conversation topics that you had to avoid and they were sex, religion and politics. Yet mm. politics runs our entire life. We literally elect people to make the laws that we live by. Mm. And so much of us, myself included, are now sitting here going, well, hold on. These leaders that are making these decisions, what qualifies them to be a leader? They've come through a groomed political party and they're able to conduct media and press conferences. But you know, we were saying on a conversation the other day, you watch them have a press conference and all of a sudden a heckler or two will turn up and start berating them from the sideline and they stop and they pause, you know, like a mm. ear in headlights, mate. 
and they're waiting for that to pass because we've got to actually talk to the camera. It's like, mate, that's the person you need to be talking to. That's your mm. constituent. I want to see you on the go being a human, but they're prepared statements. And, um, you know, we who have just been sitting here on the sidelines watching this um, and are now speaking up and having a conversation and now starting to do our research and pick through it, you actually start to realize, well, hold on. This, this actually isn't that complicated. You know, mm-hmm. there is a, a great level of depth and detail to it, but why have we been avoiding these conversations? Why have we not been paying attention to it? And um, mm-hmm. I mean, you, yourself, mate, have you always had an interest in this or has it just really been activated by you? You have a lot going on in your personal life and particularly investing in that future generation. There's, there's nothing more relevant to the wheel as your life right now. Yeah, look, I've always, um, I've always questioned, you know, walking into, uh, yeah, being living in a democratic country is, is fantastic, but I'm walking into ma- making my vote and looking at the list of names and parties. And I'm like, I've never heard of these people before. And I'm ticking the boxes. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I've always questioned at a young age, even asked my parents, like, why isn't it more simple? Like, why don't we understand what this is uh, individual A and these are the policies they want to bring. These are some of their points. This is how they want to deliver it. And why can't it be all be said in a condensed format, whether it's on an app or, you know, you listen to it somewhere bit prior to the election? Why is it all I see is only what I see on TV and I'm never really hearing much except one person saying the other, other person sucks. Um, and I think, you know, rather than oversimplifying things, or not oversimplifying, rather than making it simple and condensing it to bite-sized formats that people can digest and understand and that's where i think trump donald Donald trump did so well is because he was he was really pulling on to certain notions that people could get he was really bringing things back down to a level it's like hey let's make it simple and let's let's really hammer down some points but over making things over complicated and making things really complicated to the point where you just don't know you're just going with that that tribalistic thing of you know, us first them or my parents always went for this party so I'll go yeah. for this party and then and also to reinforce that don't talk about politics because you know that's a that's a naughty word and that's where I was really confused too I knew that me bringing these subjects uh and and airing it out so to speak airing the laundry out on social media and just and and and, and stating things not in a way where I, I was looking for uh arguments but I encourage discussion I encourage people to not agree with me. I don't want to be stuck in this echo chamber where everyone's just circle jerking each other. Like, yeah, yeah, we all believe in the same thing. I, I believe challenge is is um, is 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 um, imperative for us to evolve and, and be our best. And I mentioned last week with you, Heston, that you know the, the two things that can come out of um, you know challenging one another out our belief system, so to speak, is that. A, you either double down on your own belief system and you have to know it more comprehensively to be able to rebut what the individual is saying, or you let you hear what someone else is saying, you understand it and you changes your perspective and you adopt that and you evolve and grow. So I don't see there to be any negativity if people are of a mind to be malleable and not be married to particular ideas. And that's what I wanted to kind of share and get across on my socials is that, hey, someone who's just been known for doing burpees and, and all these things, how about we started discussing some of these things and I'm very open and I'm asking questions and I, and I don't know the answer and I'm just an idiot and all these other things. And I allowed that, that conversation to have. And a lot of people did, like I said, like yourself, like, oh, that's great. These, these topics that needed to be yeah, uh, explored and discussed. And then a lot of other people fucking hated me for it and just, and, and, and just belted me and, 
tagged their friends and berated me and, and just continued to, to hammer down, which didn't bother me at all. I wasn't staying up at night reading all these comments. I, I liked reading some of the comments and, and just having, trying to have a discussion, but in yeah. that platform, in those means, you know, you can only make it so, you can only get so far, but um, I'm willing to take those punches to, to, to put some of these ideas out because, you know, you can't, you can't impress everyone. Um, and, 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 and hearing a lot of people that I know and some friends who are in that Instagram space where they've got a bunch of followers uh, saying to me, mate, is this like, I don't know how you're doing this. Like, I don't know how you're handling all the hate or I don't know, you're, you're really brave for doing some of that stuff. Like I wouldn't do that. Um, um, you know, how does your sponsors feel about some of these things? All those different things that, that, that some of these people in this position would, would consider. But what's the point? Like, what's the point of, you know, it can be so narcissistic, social media, just, you know, amplifying how great you are and just showing your highlight reel. I mean, there, there, there's a place for that to a degree, but if you really have them, if, particularly in the health and fitness industry, it's an industry of service, right? I'm trying to better be uh, better people um, by understanding training principles more, understanding nutrition, understanding mindset, understanding simple things that they can try to piece together and understand that failing is a part of it and I'm not perfect and no one's perfect. Like so comparison is fucking evil. Um, and how can we do this together? So why wouldn't I talk about things that are really important? Like you said, politics, that is, governs how we live our lives and it governs if justice prevails. And what we're seeing uh, day to day, month to month, year to year, party to party, that that isn't occurring in the, in the people are getting screwed over so, this way and that way. So yeah. that's why I'm really, uh, that's why I'm talking about it. Mate. I can't it's getting animated, mate. It's getting animated. I love it. Yeah. It's good, yeah. mate. I mean, you're spot on. And I want to touch on a few things you said there. Like, uh, it's so difficult to have those conversations with people who have just decided that, no, I disagree with you. And I also just have to take it back to, you just see, mate, that's in everyday life and now social media is playing out the most. People, people are angry or people are in that fight or flight mode. So there is no constructive conversation as soon as someone has made up their mind. I'm the same. I love engaging with some of these conversations, but some people are just like straight away, nah, I hate you because of this opinion. That is that. And mm -hmm. some of them, you actually manage to engage with them and start to have a pragmatic common sense conversation with them. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, and you'll actually learn something from them, but people just go in guns blazing, don't they? Yeah. And I think, mate, and I learned this a few months back, um, Rather than trying to start a conversation saying this is my viewpoint, I, you know, I learned to, to start with common ground, you know, begin the conversation with something you both can see. And when you can, when you can sort of create that bridge, then, then that's a great foundation to begin from rather than say, hey, this is camp A, it's camp B. We already know that. So how can we make, it, make each other look you know, as one, to so to speak, and, and work from there? And also go into, I go into conversations uh, because I'm learning all this stuff from other people, right? independent journalists, from other sources. I love this. You're saying you say and you go and jump on some random vlogs and stuff too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's exactly right. So I'm going in, understanding what I understand, and 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 I have to take a lot of it as as their word, right? Because I'm not going into the papers and researching and interviewing people and all that stuff. So that that real. In, uh, independent journalism and where they're coming from and the, the narrative they've been building and the, the trust that I, and rapport that I've built with them over the, the time I've been following them. I'm taking that as almost gospel. Enough enough to go, oh, I'm never going to be married to an idea saying that's everything, you can never question it. Because science doesn't need to do that. Science doesn't do that. Science is like, hey, this is the common understanding of what we know about a subject. 
until proven otherwise, right? Yeah. And, and, and I understand when people have built their entire career on a, on a thesis and that's what they're recognized for. Maybe they won a Nobel Prize on it and then all of a sudden it gets flipped on its head. I understand why they will dig their heels into the ground. Yeah. Just like a lot of people are married up with maybe their religion or their view on um, gender or their you know, view on politics, whatever it may be. Like you, that, you're being conditioned to that and, um, Offensive. and institutionalized to these, these, these ideas. So that's where, you know, that whole, I think that whole thing, of don't talk about sex, don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics because people are so married married to it and people are so um, rigid around it. And, and when you do have extreme views, yeah. it's usually a, a very emotive. And I think that's when you, you go into a conversation and then bang, they're ready to fire. And so how can we start these conversations when you know that everyone's already on edge? Where, where is a great place to start? And I think that's just sort of touching base and like, hey, we have common interests and common ground and, you know, in, in, in each other and what we're about. Let's yeah. see if we can build on, build on that, which I've found a lot of success. And of course, you just get people who are just there to hurt and, yeah. and there and they don't give a fuck, which is fine. Like you've got, you can't, that's always going to be the case. Yeah. I think just even conversations within your family and with your friends and co-workers, like that's, it's a good place to start. I love that, mate. It's the good old, you know, neutral ground. You used to start with a neutral table, but I love, mate, that you've gone into, you go into the danger zone. You go into a bunch of these, what, like anti-vaxxer forums or all sorts of stuff. And you go in there like looking to actually find out information. And is that what you're saying? Some have been so adversarial, but others have actually taken. Correct. Yeah. 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 So I'll go into well-known individuals who are pushing out, you know, anti-vax information. Um, and, and I ask questions and I, and I say, Hey, I don't fucking agree with you with A, B and C. Like, I understand, um, I understand your skepticism on, uh, government pharmaceutical companies. They've proven to, to be mistrustful. They've proven to fudge numbers. They've proven these things, but I also, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get my head around some of the science around it and, and, and the, around the vaccines and, and, and the implications and the effectiveness and all that stuff. And, and so when you, when, you, when you start that dialogue of like, I'm not telling you what to think, I'm saying I understand these points, but I'm also researching my own points on this side of the fence, then they'll come up with, well, this is why you should consider these things. And of course, like I said, you'll get those extremists who just tell you to piss off and whatever. <laughs> but a lot of people on those forums were actually saying, well done for coming into the fucking lion's den and, and start this conversation. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's really good because that's where they're, the people who are most fixated on those ideas, you know, it, we, we want to understand why. No, good on you, mate. That's so constructive. I, uh, I had to do something similar in my own life earlier this year when we had the Black Lives Matter movement because you saw that sparked off a lot um, of reciprocating outcries here in Australia. And I've done a lot of work in and around Aboriginal communities through defence and defence members. And I've also seen the differences in the US. And I found myself just immediately conditioned to say, well, no, that's actually not the case. And I engaged with a lot of um, people I knew and found on social media. And, you know, I got to learn an absolute lot. And, you know, it's just, it's so hard to have those constructive conversations these days because people immediately come in. Well, people immediately come in, mate, and they're first and foremost assessing you on what we were told not to do as a kid, judging a book by its cover, you know? And straight away, you know, the first question will be like, are you vaccinated? It's like, what, what, what does it matter if I'm vaccinated or not? Like, that's my own personal decision at the moment. The biggest issue I have with this whole vaccination conversation, mate, is how much it is pressure cooked people into formulating these opinions that started with this great rush to tell people to get vaccinated and not having enough vaccinations out there and pushing people to this crux whereby there are so many people who I think in six or 12 months time, once they're given the time to cool down 
and not have everything be an emotional decision because they've been forced into fight and flight decisions and conversations will happily pick through the logic and go and get vaccinated. But in the meantime, now we're developing policies that say, well, no, you can't join in society. When as to start off with, there were people literally banging their heads against the wall to try and get this vaccination, but there wasn't yeah. enough of it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fail, fail situation. And there's just so much emotion. This was the same conversation I was having with this, you know, Veterans Royal Commission, National Commission conversation. When the conversation has gone beyond logic and it's now into emotion and you're actually dealing with people who have been traumatized by the way they've been treated, they haven't been trained or even thought they'd have to go through something like this. You actually have to unpick that and allow them time to process before you ask them to bring something else, some other element of uncertainty into their life. And you just see these emotive reactions of people at the moment. Mate, it, it, on, on the individual scale to government, global scale, right, with, um, <clears throat> with how late we were to, to get vaccinations, what, why was there a hole to get those Pfizer vaccinations? Uh, I think we were about five months delay to when they were actually asked to, hey, we can give you X amount, just let us know. And that, that conversation was pushed for four to five months. And there's re yeah. people have given reasons why that was the case. And it's, it's always never to help the people. It's always to serve, you know, if we can starve out small businesses and stuff like that, get the pandemic, uh, you know, give us a great enough reason to do these shutdowns because people are seeing so many people infected then, you know, then that that way, like you look at all these larger corporations that have benefited from this this pandemic. You look at JobKeeper, um, which was a fantastic uh, act, uh, action that needed to 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 happen. But yeah. of course, you know, so much money, so much transfer of wealth between the taxpayers to government and and corporations. There's going to be corruption there, and and what we're seeing is a, the government trying really hard to not disclose who was in profit, uh, uh, what corporations were in profit and who, who took the, uh, the job keeper. Um, and so it's seen that $40 billion of that $100 billion uh, was given to massive corporations, multinational corporations uh, that, that don't pay taxes to Australia. And um, you know, that's, that's $40 billion, what's that? $40,000 million, but $28 million is being chased up by people uh, who are on government welfare um, because they've they've borrowed too much or they've taken too much. And I'm just saying, like, where you know, there's no heart in this. There's no humanity in this. There's just you know, we want to make as much money and we'll squeeze as much as we can out of that, um, each person within Australia. I mean, that's the greatest transfer of wealth. The thing was like, it's like four thousand dollars per person, and not just adults, but you're including your children in this country gave to the government to help us economically, to help us get out of this. It was a great thing. And many people benefited from it, but so many people fell through the cracks who didn't get it. Yeah. And so, so many more, you know, took too much. And um, yeah, I think you're posting a lot about this in particular, mate, those corporations uh, who have then returned a profit and, you know, provided shared dividends to their investors. And we're still trying to get back money from those who got it from actual welfare. And that's right. And then we ask the treasurer, we're like, hey, are we going to try to claw back this $40 billion? No, that was never, that was never a part of it. So yeah. why won't we try to get $40 billion back, which can be reinvested into our healthcare system where we have, don't have enough you know, working staff, we don't have enough the infrastructure to cope with when borders do open, when we do live our freedom, the way that the, the common people want to live, why can't, and, and we have to look after the people who are keeping our shit together, our health sector staff and, and, and everyone in between, yeah. why can't that be reallocated rather than to the people who are already ultra wealthy? 
these questions aren't asked. Like I saw a current affair. She asked one question to the treasurer and it was a very soft way of putting it. And he's like, no, you don't have to do it. And that's it. It was the end of the conversation. But they played 50 minutes of someone not paying their rent, you know, some get some some crap story that no one really cared about, but rather than talking about the real topics, you know, and these things aren't getting discussed. And they they portray themselves as being, you know, journalists and, and asking those hardline questions. But like you said, when you get a heckler in this in, in inside there wanting to ask some real questions, oh no, we, we can't talk about that. And uh, that distrust that's being built, Heston, you know, that, that kind of bleeds into now, not only economically, but health wise, people starting to question, hey, well, do these vaccine vaccinations actually help? And and then and a lot of uh, whether it's a lot of outside interests who are capitalizing on this state of distrust of putting out disinformation to really start to get to really divide the, the, the people's attention and divide um, people coming together. Uh, you know, look at America, look at Australia, look at these countries in, in Europe, in the UK. It just, it, it, from what I can see, it just seems less and less people are trusting in the system and less and less people wanting to be, uh, can't, can't ever feel that the country can be wholesome again. And they feel like you're going to break from within. Yeah, um, it does. And feel when like you, when yeah. you're suppressing human rights, like you're saying, yeah. Um, these these mandates for, for to be vaccinated well, i'm not an expert in this and this is only my opinion of course but i just feel that you, you're creating this two-tiered system and it's a slippery slope between you know if we all jump on this passport where you, uh, your, um, your, you know, your vaccination passports what's the next thing you know what information do we have to provide and can we be turned off okay you you can't travel all right that's one thing uh, yeah, you can't access these events. That's another thing. Now you can't have access to your money. That's another thing. So we have complete control when we when we decide you don't agree, when, we, when we decide that you're not playing by by our story. So if you're protesting against what's happening in government, if you're protesting what's happening in your circle. If it doesn't suit us, who are in power, we'll turn it off. And that's that's the massive problem. I think having too much power, too centralized. And people aren't seeing that that's a slippery slope that we have already started and we can and, and the, the pandemic, it's either a pandemic or it's a war or something is going to be enough for the government to say, this is for your best interest. It's like, it's like, uh, I think Apple, they're like, Hey, give us access to all your photos and we'll filter through them through, you know, AI and we'll make sure we flag if any, if there's any sort of child pornography and I was like, yeah oh, I have access to all my photos like we want to make sure we capture all the child pornography but having access to everyone's information like that across across that many billions of people and that's not going to be for the good of the people at the end of the day that's going to be good for whoever's in charge of that and they'll say you know what we can use that for our own benefits now we can have further control so I feel like I'm putting on a tinfoil hat right now and getting really I love it mate I love it but look it's great that you have an opinion on this stuff and there's so much you know a few things to unpick from there. Like, is it in our Aussie culture to shy away from these conversations? Like we don't have these, and even just honest and upfront conversations, you know, it's not conflict and confrontation, but we always seem to shy away from this. And I don't understand why. And the biggest thing, mate, is I, <laughs> I'm with you with the tinfoil hat, but I actually, you know, the last year has really shown me so much that I just refuse to believe that these people are that coordinated enough to yeah. pull this shit off, mate. Like literally what I keep seeing, bro, is, the, the pouring of the bucket of money and you watch every politician at the moment say, you know, here's this social issue. Oh, the government has pledged, you know, $10 billion towards this. I'm like, that is nothing. That is an input 
an output is what is actually happening. What is the result? Because I have now seen this bucket of money get poured in here and there's 400,000 different silos underneath. Then all of a sudden there's a kid holding a piece of bread on the ground and there's all this wasting and there's all these staff and all these pay packets throwing money at problems is this ivory tower solution we're talking about beforehand. Like all of these issues are on the community level, need to be engaging with those boots on the ground and building our structures, our policies, and those things that govern and excel our lives from the ground up. Mm. And I just don't understand how we've got to that place that we are so far separate from everything that's going on. But mate, like you said, a lot of it just comes down to follow the bloody money trail, doesn't it? Yeah, unfortunately, that, that's the case, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, people want it's wealth and power. And you know, that's a, another reason why we aren't transitioning to renewable energy at a faster pace. There is. You have been a big one. A big, can, look, mate, the hot topic at the moment is renewable energy and carbon reduction. Why are we not talking about the environment? Like, just for me, layman's on the ground, we've gone through the last 20 months from being bloody chased with pitchforks in the street if you pick up the plastic straw for your smoothie instead of the paper one, mm. using every form of single-use plastic masks, testing kits, everything else in between. Like, what, what is going on outside of carbon? Like, carbon reduction and the climate change absolutely like we need to pull our finger out but what about the rest of the bloody environment what's what's happened to it yeah i think uh there was a a a narrative that i think it was bhp it was some massive fossil fuel company uh and look mate thank god these like companies existed they got us you know industrial revolution we were able to do all these amazing things we live in phases and stages phases and stages bro that's it right i'm i'm all i'm 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 all about criticizing constructively yeah. but i'm also not entitled and i'm also not just this mat like think things magically appear hey i'm using a laptop here's my phone i'm a part of the problem too and i'll always put my hand up to admit that i buy clothes i buy yeah i am a part of the problem right but this is where i think this this narrative was spun was with bhp in 2005 and they talk they spoke about the individual carbon footprint and this is where a lot of my confrontations with individuals come from to people who say, hey, you're not vegan, so fuck you, you're a hypocrite. Why are you even talking about the environment? Or like, you know, you wear clothes, so whatever. So I think when you, when they very smartly started to put the onus on the individual and took all the pressure off them, uh, so they don't need to change. It's us. We need to start using bamboo toothbrushes. We need to start using metals, um, metal uh, uh, straws, so to speak. Yep. minimize our plastic waste but we look at the whole picture that individual change is such a small uh, dent into what's really causing the biggest problems and the biggest problems that are caused whether it's in the energy sector whether it's in the fishing you know fishing sector whether it's in um all, all these things that we have we, that don't get spoken about because that's where the main money has come from so why don't we just put it back onto the the common person, the individual, and and then you start to ostracize someone because they're eating, not eating from a wooden spoon, they're eating from a plastic spoon. So right. it, we're starting to pick up hairs that don't make a problem, that don't move the needle, rather than actually asking the big questions and putting the, that contention to those who are emitting the biggest carbon emitters, those who are um, you know, causing the greatest effect to our environment. Yeah, for sure. There's so much money around that, that it's hard to actually get that, that understanding and viewpoint to everybody. It's also, I mean, so much of this, it's kind of what's trending at the moment too, isn't it? And without having a, 
strategy, right? Like, you know, without actually having a strategy that we work on in the military, we have a strategy, we have lines of operation, lines of effort, you know, and it's, Hey, as we progress, where are we at on all these individual topics at the moment, mate, the, the, the accountability tool is the media that just flags thing up. But if I were to trace back through all of these issues we've faced beforehand, that word accountability is that huge issue from people getting away with doing what they're doing through to, you know, the wasting of money through to everything else in between, because in this country, there's no more any actual accountability and people being held to task. You can be shuffled or moved over or a new political spin come out. That's where I find it so hard for whatever we put in place. If there's no stick to make sure the carrot is shared amongst everyone else, then we're never going to be able to actually progress properly. Someone's always going to find a way to weasel out and do something the wrong way. Yeah. And that's it. We're not, it just seems that we're not interested in people's in, in the results and that there's no like, Hey, this is what you said at the start of the party. And this is, this is what you sit now for eight years later, nothing's changed. It actually, it's gotten worse. And let's discuss that. It doesn't, it doesn't seem that, that that happens it just seems that whatever is trending at the moment whatever buzzwords we need to kind of stay with and stay contemporary and and keep it at the forefront of you know our voters minds um and you know i'm all for people to to have benefits i'm all for people to earn good money if they're coming up with results i'll give someone a billion dollars a year out of taxpayers money if they were solving legitimate (laughs) results yeah but unfortunately it doesn't seem that way. And, and unfortunately, and, and what the realistic, I think that what's realistic is that it is so complicated. There's so many moving parts that it, it needs to be spoken uh, about in, in whether it needs to be dissected and in, 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 in different stages, or it needs to be spoken about outside of social media. I mean, social media isn't the right platform, you know, whether it's a, a whatever, however many characters you can fit in a tweet or you know whatever you can fit in a one minute video on instagram these are huge conversations that should be highlighted on those platforms to get exposure but discussed elsewhere in 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 in, uh, longer forum platforms podcasts you know actual sit down interviews where the problem is with those those platforms that have so much reach they have you know they have their interests and so they're not going to be getting individuals who want to highlight something that is controversial and that we want to change because it doesn't suit their their narrative and i just feel like mate i'm seeing that and, and i feel like i've awoken up to that and I, of course i don't know everything and I, and I may have been misled here and there and i'm always looking to to learn and improve on that but just seeing that i'm like well how do you break this system like how do you, where is the kink in their chain it's like this multi-pronged like they've got all that locked down and i feel like if you and and the more power we give to them yeah. this centralized uh, system there's just no way that we'll have less and less chance to be able to make meaningful change for for the people yeah and no, i'm with you dude um i had something that was really really sage that i was going to say then it just jumped out of my head no um, sorry no, no you're good you're good uh no the, the whole words piece this is it then this is my biggest issue we've spoken about this beforehand mate i mean you know more leadership than most people i see on tv but I'm, i i got required to go on you know be trained for four years before i was allowed to be able to in commander and then all this other training and difference between leadership which is motivating people through inspiration as opposed to authority which is motivating people through fear and controlling because you're actually too afraid to empower people or just manage them like resources mm-hmm. and so much of what i see mate is people who are not trained um, to actually understand what is required of a leader and that is authority leadership and management 
and responsibility and at the ultimate end to be accountable and lead by example. And, you know, when we don't, I don't know about you, mate, but I really have a hard time seeing someone up there in politics. And I'm like, I've, I want to grow up to be like that person. And <laughs> it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen, mate. They could use a, a few burpees and a few push-ups as well. But um, mate, it's, then they're then taught and everyone is taught at the moment with this whole media piece that you kind of live and used to live and die by your sword. And now everyone feels like you live and die by the next press conference. You live and die by the words you're going to say. And mate, as, as, as cliche as this may be, I've seen plenty of people uh, die in this world and not one of them was killed by a word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I remember first stepping up this last year, mate, on all this media stuff for the veterans piece and feeling like I was going to live and die by whatever I said on that um, press conference and feeling like my world was going to fall apart. Cause I said, I said penile colony instead of penal colony and things like this, mate. And, <laughs> and you just realize like the world keeps spinning and the sun will come up tomorrow. And if you're doing things for the right reason, and that's really comes down to you and you actually care about what happens on the ground, like shit is going to start changing trickle by trickle. And you're right, mate, it's a very entrenched system but um, there, are, there are good people up there waiting to be inspired. And once people like yourself and so many others who have started becoming activated in the space and just start doing what they can to have conversations about this, you're already starting to create that change on the ground. And you approach this like you've done, mate, with this uh, presence of responsibility as opposed to I'm entitled, this is my opinion. It's like, I want to be part of this conversation if I want to have any influence over my life moving forward. And I mean, if anything to take away from this, mate, you've started that trend and you've got a, you've got an opinion on everything. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. Look, I, I, I would say I'm an opinionated person, but not in an arrogant way, right? I, I, I feel that I have enough um, social IQ and emotional IQ to be able to not only, I'm not being deceitful to get the, what the most out of people, but because I want to understand. And, and if I hear something that doesn't align with what I've understood, then I have to question that belief to, so to know that, am I believing bullshit? Like, am I backing up this, this BS? So I'm never afraid to ask those questions. And, and uh, my counterpart, my wife, she's on the other end of the spectrum. And so it's a very fine balance between us when I want to say, hey, no, we need to bring up this person and have this discussion because what they said. And she's like, no, don't touch it. So, <laughs> you know, and that's just, it's a very fine balancing act. But um, we're going to have to get both of you on this at some stage, mate. I want to see those. You have to yeah, yeah, emails and answer the questions one by one so you can't hear the other person's response. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but the touch base with what you said before, I think what's when you were saying you had such heightened anxiety when you were talking yeah. um, because there's no room for breathers because this cancel culture and um, because things can be spun in whatever way. And, and I think you, you touched base earlier that there's just, um, there's no room for people to make mistakes and there's no room for people to evolve and, you know, people losing their jobs or losing everything because, a post they put up 10 years ago or an opinion they had five years ago. You know, I am a different person than I was five or 10 years ago. Yeah, man. And um, if people were to, to um, you know, judge me on who I was five or 10 years ago, you know, that's, I don't believe it's fair. One, one year ago, the emotional maturity yourself and Renee have had to go through just even in facing that yep. personal and collective vulnerability, like that actually does condition everything about you. And that's in a, in a very positive way. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, that's right. And I think that that ability for not allowing people to breathe and, and, and evolve is um, is what's creating this tribalistic warfare. You know, um, oh, you said this and that was your opinion. So you're dead to us uh, rather than saying, hey, well, maybe you could just 
let, let's just, let's just talk about it. Let's like, let's discuss and understand why you said that. And this is my opinion. And oh, look at that. We come to some common understanding and look, we can all move forward rather than, you know, fuck you, you, you don't believe in this. And I just, it, it, it's hard seeing that. And um, yeah. mate, sometimes you feel like you're a bit of a loss, but like you said, trickle by trickle. And that's what my, you know, my online program, the everyday 365, it's, it's exactly that. The narrative is each, each and every single day is a, is, is an opportunity for us to move forward. Um, and, um, you know, not to, not to be fooled by it. You, you will have your days where you go backwards. So we always talk about a net positivity uh, you know, as long as you are finding some sort of net within different aspects of your life, you can look back and say, fuck, man, 280 days of the year, I killed it. But, you know, the other 80 something days, you know, I had some shit days and that's okay. Cause uh, you know, I don't want to portray that. Hey, I train every single day. I fucking nail every day. I'm so, pro I'm so uh, productive and, you know, I'm just crushing life because that's not the case. I have my off days. I wake up on the wrong side of the bed some days. I feel overwhelmed some days. I'm anxious some days. Um, I feel like I don't have the answers some days. I'm vulnerable some days. And that's what needs to be shared. And, and life is a fucking, it's an endurance event. It's not a sprint. Yeah. An accumulation, mate. Now you've got it. I mean, Pat, you know, I, I actually, uh, for those listening, I kept seeing Pat speak up on this and I was like, hey, mate, I'm starting up a political party. I'd love for you to be interested. But Mate, you are you're you're a community leader, and you're also a um, opinion facilitator. You know, which is something amazing to do because a lot of people, when they enter into these conversations, they then feel like they need to be the most sage advice. But you have clearly demonstrated that you're just willing to have these conversations, <laughs> which is huge, mate. And to even take a knee and listen and take it in and stand back up. And I guess that comes from, in my opinion, mate, looking at you, just that you know, rock steady foundation of knowing what your beliefs are you know once you know who you are and what you stand for and then sort of have you know that that purpose which is again so many of us and particularly you talking about that future generation and doing the best that we can do now not just simply better than someone else all those pathways in between are yet to be explored and can be traveled individually or collectively but it has to start with just joining with people and having conversations yeah mm, exactly mate mate you're all over it well i want to have i want to have more of these because i've got so many more questions I want to ask with you and I just want to, when, when something kicks up, I want to be able to link in with you and just have a constructive conversation and I want to be adversarial with you, but you're just too likable, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. You want to have more conversations? I've got plenty more opinions. So we'll ah, just... <laughs> there we go. Good to go. And also, I guess, you know, first and foremost, mate, where can people find you to hear your opinion and see you taking action on these conversations? Yeah, I guess currently my platform um, on Instagram would be the best way to see this. I usually share either a post or, or my story. So that's uh, Andrew underscore Pap underscore. Um, and always feel free to reach out, um, direct direct messages. I And most of the time I send back video responses. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more personal and I can get more information out in that short amount of time rather than my fat thumbs trying to articulate what I'm trying to think, what I'm thinking. Jeez, a video postcard from, is it Pappy Boy? Is that where we find you online gaming? Yeah, yeah, family boy. Yeah, that's right. That's when I'm <laughs> playing, playing Xbox. Correct. Well, good. Yeah, get on there, have a look. Look, it is entertaining. There's a, there's a great mix of um, fitness, mental fitness, you know, mindset. This dude's the king of mindset. I do call him uh, Mr. Motivation himself, and I mean that absolutely. And it's so brilliant actually watching you and your family grow and evolve. And it's gone from uh, your wife Renee looking like she just had a big bre breakfast to now looking like she's ready to, to bring oh, a new yeah. a new bub into the world. So conscious of how busy you are mate we'll look to link back in and thank you for being a part of the first pappy hour as i am yeah. going to continue to call it 
Yeah, mate, look, terrific. Thanks for having me. It's great to have uh, a platform like yours to, to discuss this. And, and again, uh, I'm never I'm never pushing ideas out to, to tell people this is how they think. I'm just pushing them to say, let's just discuss this. And, and I'm always open to, to for my mind to be changed and for me to learn. And that's all it is. It's a learning and growing experience. And I'm looking forward to the next Pappy Hour. <laughs> you're, you're a legend, mate. Look after yourself and that beautiful family and we'll check back in soon. Yeah, thanks, Heston. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you'd like to listen to more, you can find it on any of your streaming services. Simply look for Heston Russell Podcast. Otherwise, head to hestonrussell.com and select the podcast tab to listen to more episodes. You can also watch this podcast via my YouTube, Heston Russell. And always feel free to reach out to myself or any of the team by sending an email with your feedback to hello at hestonrussell.com. Otherwise, you can follow me on my social media, primarily Instagram, at Heston Russell. Otherwise, thanks again for listening, and I'm looking forward to bringing you the next episode of the Heston Russell podcast. See you then.